0: Hey guys, it's me, your new best friend Sloane, and thank God it's Sunday cuz we've got to talk. You guys, we're podcasting. I'm podcasting right now. It's the wee hours of the evening or as Normal people like to call it 9.47. And it's the first podcast recording. Well, the first podcast recording that potentially you guys will hear. I've done this at least four times now. And every single time I do this, I sound like it's a fucking race to get out the most words that I know in my brain. I'm so nervous all the time to do this. So hopefully by now... When I listen back to this, it won't be entirely cringy because I'm not as nervous anymore. Honestly, this week has been so insane for so many different reasons. I just don't even have time to be fucking nervous anymore. Like, that's just not a feeling that I can afford to feel. Like, this week has started with, like, conceptualizing a podcast cut to I have all of my equipment set up I have an Instagram starting to develop following a following and like learning how to do graphic design on the fly like poorly like listen everything that I'm doing is like you know your four-year-old could do this I mean seriously in this day and age but at least for me it's all been a huge learning curve like on the fly but I knew if I didn't do it like it as fast as I could then I wouldn't you know what I mean it was like a race against my own like tendencies to I don't know you know like talk about something and then never do it you know I know we all do that kind of shit like stuff we feel like is as distant as the moon you know what I mean but it it ends up not being that way so long as you like push yourself to do it but hold on I'm gonna reach for my wine I just need you guys to know right now that I conveniently set up the podcast mic, like on my side of the bed, like I'm sitting in bed with my like bootleg fucking box wine and LaCroix mixed drink that's like one whole gallon in a cup right now, but that's just how it got to be, you know? So, like, after this week, let me, like, tell you about this week because it's been fucking crazy before we get into everything, which y'all don't even know, this first episode is going to be such a smash. Like, the interview, the content is so wonderful. Just, like, you just seem wait, But you just have to sit with me through this moment because I just have to talk you guys through the fucking dramatic-ass week that I've had. And it's literally only Tuesday. <laughs> It's, it's been two days. But really, okay, so, like, my concept... my I can't, like, not conceptualize time right now because I haven't had a job for, like, two weeks. And honestly, I'm so used to, like, working all of the fucking time that not having a job has put me into, like, another dimension in space. I'm sure some of y'all can relate. Hang on, I gotta take a sip, bitch. Okay, so... We're here. I've set up the podcast. I'm recording. I know how to do all this shit now. I'm a fucking tech wizard at this point. I had to fucking decode, like, the corrupt, quote, air quotes right now, the corrupt file that was the hour and a half interview that I snatched for y'all from my wonderful, amazing brain with fucking legs, twin flame soulmate. Who you'll be listening to later. Um, And that interview was just like gold the entire time. And I only recovered 11 minutes. So you're going to get 11 minutes of pure gold. And then filled in with like gold plated nickel. Which is me. Um, Had to recover that. Which was insane. Like some crazy agent Cody Banks shit. That I had to like step by step follow on. YouTube. But I got it at least 11 minutes. Like there's always a silver lining. I'm not going to be mad about that. Like 11 minutes is better than nothing, you know? So there's that. And that's like Sunday night, I think. I don't even know. Like I said, refer to my previous statement about how I have no idea where I am in the world and time right now. So then we do that. Meanwhile, the entire time that Jack and I have been in Portland, and for those of you who don't know, and for the millions of listeners that I strive to have someday that will be listening back to this and the far, ass, far, ass, far future. Jack is my boyfriend who picked up and moved with me to Portland as of two weeks ago, who bravely has been out here with me searching desperately for jobs because we had no idea or or any references we don't have any fucking friends like in the city city um how it feels to look for jobs in Portland like this shit like this shit like everywhere is hiring they're just not hiring like you and it took such a hit to my ego like I feel like That's probably why I've been so nervous to record the pod because I was like all caught up in my insecure shit, you know, because I was feeling some type of way about myself in Bellingham and loving my job and loving the industry and like feeling really secure and kind of like a a boss about things. And, you know, I kind of let that slip after applying for, I'm not kidding, like 20 jobs. It's been... It was a total ego hit, you know what I mean? Not to immediately get a call back, but like the universe was just out here, I guess, trying to remind me not to get so far in the clouds because today I was like crying on the phone to my best friend earlier. She was just trying to talk to me and like fill me in on her week and I literally didn't hear things. I was just slow crying, listening to her on speaker on my phone, just scrolling through jobs And scrolling through the jobs I've already applied for and just looking at like how many of them haven't called me back. I swear it was like 19 plus places I applied for. But anyway, so on the phone with her today, I'm all sad and shit, right? So then I get off the phone and before I had to like throw a life preserver out to Jack so then he could throw it back to me because I was like, dude, I'm either going to start sobbing right now or I'm getting a fucking job today. Like I have to get a job today. And I had I put I put in like three applications per every single day we were here. Like whenever I was feeling anxious, I would just like peruse jobs. Like almost to the point where it's just like there was nothing new for me to fucking look at. I have to burp, guys. Hang on. Oh god, that was like a wet one. <laughs> so I'm crying. I look at Jack. I'm like either the world's ending or I get a fucking job today and not even maybe 10 minutes later, my phone rings. I have an interview tomorrow as of right now, as I'm recording tomorrow at a coffee shop, um, barista position, service position. Um, and that lifted my spirits like that was enough. Okay. So then the day goes on, it's a pretty good day you know that really helped because up until then I was like dude we're fucked I had saved a pretty good chunk of change for someone who doesn't make a zillion dollars and doesn't even have enough money to save like compared to the expenses that I have to pay as far as rent and bills and all that shit so I know y'all know honestly I know most of y'all listening probably know so let me not over explain something we're all experiencing but like so the day goes on everything's cool you know I had burned my savings down I have burned my savings down to like not even enough to pay rent for the next month so like that's hence the anxiety of crying and being like if I don't get a job today we're fucked dude um get the interview okay then Jack gets a text and he's like gets a text from this guy that's like You're pretty much hired. I'm just busy at work right now and I can't call you, but just like hang on for a sec. And we're both just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like what? So then as the day goes on, I get another call, another email, another call. So as of right now, as I'm recording this podcast at fucking 10 in the evening, today alone, I have two interviews tomorrow, one interview the next day, potentially another in the evening if I can schedule it right. And then I also put in a resume at a place that we randomly went to as a celebratory moment. Like we went to go get Boba to celebrate burping again. You know, you know how it is, boo. Okay, so I'm fucking at the Boba place and there's a fucking want, help wanted sign. And I'm already talking to the girls because you know the girls that work there are so cute. Like the universe put me in a spot with people who were like there to embrace me and make me laugh and answer all of my super invasive questions. Like how much fucking money do you make? And like how much is your rent and shit? Cause you know, a bitch out here just like sweating a little bit all the time, stressing out. So they answer all my questions. I run down to the FedEx. I print my ass off another resume because I've already handed out all of the fucking resumes that I printed, which was a lot. Okay. Um, And I walked back into the apartment and I'm just like, dude, I have options now. So I'm feeling really relaxed. And I think that that's what's contributing to this conversation right now, because y'all will never know because you'll never have to suffer through the like super stiff, super like nervous, insecure, anxious trial runs of me recording this intro and just introducing myself to you that was so not me and the people that know me and are listening to this that know me would have been so turned off or maybe even like disappointed or like honestly even worried because it was so tight and anxious like I said and just like not me so here we are feeling a little more connected to the universe and ourselves honey we're here I'm doing something that I never thought I would do. And I can't forget that I'm also living in a place, in an apartment, with the love of my life, doing something that I never thought I was going to do anyway. So this is just an extra bonus, the podcast. And I, some, you know, you get so ahead of yourself, constantly worrying about what's next that you forget to remind yourself of what's going on now. And you guys, I'm doing this now. We're doing this now. And that's really special to me. And anyone that's listening and participating and the people that wrote in, like, you're doing this with me now and that's such a special reminder to me that like everything i've done so far got me here and i and i have the power to get myself even further and and to not forget about that along the way and forget about the things i've already re- done for myself and not forget about the strength that i possess when i am aware of it you know cuz it slips into your hindsight into the back of your mind like if you let it you know and it's all about being aware that you have the power to be patient and loving with yourself and that's really hard and it's really special to do and so I feel like I'm always going to be able to look back at this specifically first episode and be like remember to be have to have grace with yourself and be proud of yourself and I'm really grateful of you guys also, so. Anyway, if that's not the longest intro, then I don't know what is, honey. But uh, let me tell you a little bit about what's about to go down because it's some good shit. So hang on, let me lubricate, okay? Hang on. I have had so much fun anyway. Like, building this beta version of whatever this ends up actually turning into or you know, I'm fully aware that this is the start and I need to put something out and like get something out in the world to have a a baseline of of what this is going to be. And I'm really excited to see where it goes. But like, it's been really fun to conceptualize and kind of refine as much as I can for like the beginning of a podcast, like what we're going to be talking about and the format and just like the overall energy. So that's been really fun. So, first of all, let me thank everybody that wrote in because, you know, I'm never, ever, ever going to share your information or who you are. You know, your identity is safe with me. And that's still requires kind of a lot of vulnerability because some of y'all really let me in on some really intimate feelings you've been having. And I'm so grateful for that because the world needs more of that vulnerability. It's so strong, you know, it's so influential and it's so special and important. So I get to share your strength with people who can then maybe be inspired by you. So like I'm just a middleman, y'all. And I'm I'm really grateful for y'all writing into me because I've got a really good topic this week. Um because of you guys. And that is gonna be it is. That's it our topic this week is love, sugar. Like love in all kinds of forms and formats. Well, specifically this week, because like we don't have all fucking day, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I got two messages in that really stood out to me that ended up really like corresponding with each other and really like vibing with each other in a way where I felt like I could provide some really good insight and context and uh, or not context, but um, like a we could have a good conversation, you and me and us, um, and learn some things, especially me, because on the subject of love that we're talking about this week, the first conversation we're going to be having is about jealousy, but specifically jealousy and polyamorous relationships. And so um, for those of you that know me, you know that I'm not in a polyamorous relationship. And for those of you that don't know me, now you know. Um, I've never been in a polyamorous relationship. I've never been in an open relationship as like the driver of that boat. You know, like I, I was a third one time and it was really fun. And that brings me to our interviewee, the person that I reached out to because I was not about to start this podcast off with my fucking foot in my mouth, trying to provide some insight on something that I really don't. Have a full grasp on. So I hit up my homegirl, Kitty, who is so wonderful and insightful and has gone through it all, girl, and come out on the other side, always stronger, glowing, thriving, and really self aware. And I'm so lucky to have her as a resource. So, of course, you know, I tapped into that and hit her up. And, like, just like the angel she is, she just hit me back and was like, dude, FaceTime me in when you can. Like, let's have it rip. And I recorded that whole fucking conversation and only got 11 minutes of it. But like I said, we're glad we're grateful for it. So let me just introduce what is about to go down as far as um, the recording of the interview that I had with her, because I didn't intend for it to actually be in the podcast, like the clip itself. I recorded it to then go back and like Type it out and pull some quotes and do it that way. But really, I think that I couldn't have said it any better. And I think it might have sounded a little dry if I tried to recreate her insight and her knowledge through, you know, I don't know, paraphrasing like I I wasn't about to do that. Okay, so the clip like i said not the greatest quality and for future reference i'm not going to do that again um i've actually you know this is the this is the beta version like i said so i'm going to be figuring out ways where if i do interviews the sound quality will be a little better for y'all um and i did a lot of scrubbing around as much as i could to make the audio better so you know we get what we get and we're working with it and we know that this is just the beginning so like Bear with me on that, but okay, so here's what we're working with y'all. Buckle up because this one is pertinent and important and valid and requires a lot of attention. So if you're still here hanging on, here we go. I am currently in a relationship with someone who wants to have an open relationship. Do you have any tips to genuinely rid myself of jealousy? My feelings are complicated because I really do believe that our notions of monogamy are a hoax. I know I can't provide my partner, nor can he provide me with all of the social and physical nourishment I need, and possession of him to fill my own lack of confidence feels wrong. But at the end of the day, my heart is conditioned to only see love one way, even though my brain knows it's all being socially constructed. Am I making any sense, girl? Of course you are. Bottom line. I want to support his endeavors as much as I can, but I have a really hard time stomaching his relationships with other women." So that's what was written in and stood out to me so much and was so heartfelt and, you know, such... I really was intrigued by this because the first thing that stood out to me was this person's qualms with jealousy and asking me if I had any tips to genuinely get rid of jealousy like wholeheartedly and like girl if I did I would not be on this podcast right now I'd be out there selling that shit for millions because you know what like that's not possible so that's what stood out to me the most and that's where my conversation with kitty picks up so I'm gonna hand you guys over to our dialogue and I'll catch you back on the other side so I feel like this question is kind of loaded with that like uh, I'm like a pretty socially normal person and I'm trying to do socially unnormal things, like can I do that? Which is really just a question of like, yes, of course you can, you just have to commit to it, but so that's kind you of the that's like breakdown right, 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 right. So she's dating someone right now, she wants tips to genuinely get rid of jealousy. And I also feel like the idea of people not being jealous in polyamorous relationships, it, like, is that, like, just a myth that everyone makes up? Because jealousy exists. I think there's just a way oh, yeah. that you do it that's, that's, like, functional. So we're looking at jealousy. She said, my feelings are complicated because I really do believe that our notions of monogamy are a hoax. I know I can't provide my partner, nor can he provide me with all of the social and physical nourishment I need, and possession of him to fill my own lack of confidence feels wrong. That's it, mama. It's a lack of confidence. But at the end of the day, my heart is conditioned to only see love one way, even though my brain knows it's all socially constructed. That also, to me, sounds like someone just fighting what they like and trying to do that thing. Like, if you see polyamory and you see it, and you see the mold and there's a many and it and you, and you can't find one that fits for you. It might not be for you.
1: Yeah. Right. I like just, I can definitely like see that, but at the same time, like we're all raised to be these like monogamous creatures. Like it's literally pounded into our brains from the second we open our eyes, you know? So it's kind of like, we're conditioned to have all of this jealousy and there's actually like a term for it it's unlearning jealousy mm-hmm. which is super you know easy whatever sounding hell no but...
0: jealousy <laughs> is like everyone's favorite thing to fucking do ever I mean it's like a way to take your own insecurities out on like the actions of other people
1: oh yeah which so is, like, is what, like I was writing you earlier I like it and I was like oh no I should call her instead because
0: dude it was gonna be too much
1: yeah but I don't know I think there is there's gonna be difficulty whether or not you really want to be poly or whether or not you want to be monogamous like you're gonna have the same difficulty like to unlearn the jealousy because even this to me this doesn't necessarily because I was reading it with you like it doesn't really look to me like it's something she doesn't want to do Mm -hmm. but it seems more like she did her research because she's like why is my brain not wrapping around this when I understand it like why is my heart not following it
0: right so do you feel like so remember earlier when your mom was like oh you've always been like that Do you feel like polyamory exists on a spectrum, like how like the queer spectrum is, like how like okay, for instance, literally all of high school, I was like gay. My my whole life up until like high school, like junior year, I was like, I literally am gay, dog. (laughs) Like gay, 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 dog. Like gay. So, (laughs) like, and then the shit just like switched. Like, I I went through some shit. I was in my relationships, and then I don't know what kind of influence those had on the way my sexuality transitioned, but now, like, if I'm not boning a female, like, with someone else, it's not really popping off for me. You know what I mean? It's not like a solo mission. So I wonder if there's, like, spectrums of polyamory because you, I feel like, are, like, textbook. Like, you've been there, born there, done that. (laughs) But then there's people who, like, are learn the language like are you is it your first language or is it your second language like do you think that's a thing that can happen
1: I definitely think that on the scale you know there's definitely like you know you have the scale of polyamory you have the couple or the thruple or the constellation whatever everybody's cool comfortable like well versed in everything that's going on and then you definitely have like kind of the newcomers you know what I mean where it's all about like oh we're this couple this is what you can and cannot do there's like a bunch of rules but I don't necessarily think it's like a spectrum like you knew from the beginning when you were a kid I think it's more just the more you practice it the easier it is you know what I mean like a lot of people get scared in the beginning or they get nervous that they can't handle it it's hard to breathe some people get like (laughs) nervous or like it makes them too anxious or you know they decide it's really not for them and that's you know whatever it's fine but
0: it's like any relationship where like wherever you're at in here in your mind and your heart Mm -hmm. comes out in your relationship in the good and the bad so like if you get nervous what is that calling out from you that's nervous? Or, like, if you <laughs> feel like, oh, I can't handle this, like, what is that boundary that you're setting where you're like, nope, I can't handle anything beyond this exact point? You know what I mean? Does that, yeah. I mean, I you've seen them all, and you, you guys have fucking dealt with, like, majority unsuccessful, minority successful.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because I feel like, you know, because it is a wave right now, or it, it was more so a wave like a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, it was.
0: It's almost like an e-girl trend. It's almost yeah, like yeah. a like what is that? I, I I mean the e-girls. That's another fucking day. That's another whole day. Like, another
1: episode over here. Dude, but it was just kind of like while it was a wave, everybody wanted to try it out. But I think a lot of people figured out that it it either wasn't for them or they had a bad. Like um, experience with a polyamorous couple, or poly people in general, or you know whatever. Um, I am gonna say though on the jealousy thing that you know it it comes in waves, and it you always have to like remind yourself that jealousy is a secondary emotion, and that it's coming from somewhere. You know, so like if you're feeling jealous, you kind of have to take a second and be like, why am I feeling this way? Mm -hmm. you know is it because of something I'm doing is it because of something they're doing is it you know whatever and communication is a big thing
0: right I mean like I just feel like the less you know about something the more people are like this is a fucking taboo and so they're kind of like uncomfortable they don't understand the language and so talking about it makes people feel weird but I Mm -hmm. feel like polyamory is like okay having a relationship be, between two people requires a lot. And it's really complex and hard, but you kind of, like, handle the ropes and you kind of get the language down and hopefully you're on a healthy trail with that. For some reason, I think when people think of polyamory, something in their brain takes that notion and literally scrambles it. And they're they're
1: like, like, fuck it. They, like, it's scramble it's it strong. and they're
0: just like... Or even just, like, scramble it and think that it has it's like apples to oranges when really you're just adding different elements that require the same kind of nurturing it's like watering different plants they all need water it might just be kind of like exactly. different in that way so like just you know the, com- the necessary communication healthy skills the romantic attention and the conversations that happen in a regular monogamous relationship don't disappear in this wild fucking taboo that is polyamory they just grow you water yeah. different plants differently
1: Yep, it's definitely not for the week, you know, like, especially when you have, like, a a big constellation going on for, you know, it could be just three people, or it could be three people with three people each, you know, you don't know. So it's just like, it's a really big commitment and a really, really hard learning curve to get into. But you just got to kind of like, like, a better way to say this, like, you kind of just got to bite the bullet.
0: So here's where we're at now that we've had this context of someone who has hands-on experience like Kitty in polyamorous relationships for like a few years now and has seen what works and what doesn't work. So anything that you know how to do in a regular relationship with someone, like in any context, like work, social, romantic, you should apply those skills that work for people in polyamorous situations and those really vary especially when you're talking about a partnership going forward with something together those skills that you each bring to the table like one is a really good communicator and draws up the conversation and the other person is a good listener and listens when the other person is communicating like all of that shit that you probably already do hopefully like I'm crossing my fingers for you that happen in your relationship now need to expand and be expanded via these other relationships like there is no new like fabrication there is no addition no like aftermarket like add-on that you put in your brain that suddenly makes you capable of having really successful open relationships like it's the same work That you have to put into just being in a relationship with anyone at any time. Uh, So, like, don't get it twisted and, like, don't overthink it. But also, do what you need to do for you. And understand that, like Kitty said, like, you have to bite the bullet and jump in. And you don't know what you're doing until you know. We all know that. We've experienced that, like, when you have a new job and anything that's new to you. There's like that window of time where you're just learning how things work best for you and you're going to fuck up a few times. And being aware of that, especially in a relationship, saying those words to each other, allowing for that space for air to flow is critical to the success of your potentially new polyamorous relationship. But also give yourself some space to... Try this out and if it just doesn't work for you, like you did not fail at like unlearning social norms. Like I feel like we're at this really interesting crossroads where we are aware of the things that we've been taught that can cause a lot of pain or be kind of toxic depending on, you know what I mean? Like relationships, marriage, monogamy, you know. It used to just be this thing that was like, this is what you do. This is what's normal. So I feel like releasing ourselves to what is normal and letting everything, every kind of relationship, every romantic relationship or whatever, non-romantic, whatever, letting the the line that separates taboo from normal, expand and be really spongy and be like moldable by us I feel like that's what the key is here is but you're still not obligated to do something just because you want social change and I understand like I understand so much like jealousy and unlearning jealousy has a lot to do with the constructs of our society that are kind of crippling to people and that's its own process and it can be independent of the growth in your relationship. Like if you end up unlearning these things and still being into monogamy because that's what you are capable of and comfortable with and feel like that's the best way that you can apply healthy emotional tools and skills that you have and that's how you enjoy having romantic relationships, you are not at fault. You do not perpetuate a problem. You are just participating in truth with yourself. And so if you, I'm talking straight to you, the person that wrote into me, if that doesn't work for you, it's okay. And that goes for anyone else. It's okay to not like things. It's okay to not like things, even if it's like kind of a trend right now to do something otherwise or, or suddenly expand your horizons. Like expand your horizons, understand other people, research, be curious, ask questions. Those are good things to do that will make you a less judgmental person and a more understanding person and they're, it's a beautiful way to live your life. But it doesn't mean you have to participate in everything that you're learning to love and accept. You can love and accept people who are in open relationships And people who choose to participate and people who choose to abstain. Like, that's what we're really trying to get at here. But as far as jealousy goes, I think that those are things that can be ironed out. And if that seems like something that's stopping you from genuinely enjoying an open polyamorous relationship, I implore you to continuously bring that up to your partner and just feel comfortable being like, you know what, like right now I'm feeling feelings of jealousy. And then hopefully your partner is willing to participate in a in a dialogue with you in a conversation where they can be like, okay, why? And you should respond to that with as much respect as they're giving you by giving you a platform to talk to them and really be patient, be slow, and be calculated because You can't take back things you say ever. You know what I mean? Like, they're out there. You can apologize and you can grow. And that's just how it is. You know, like, if you end up saying things based off your secondary emotions, like anger, jealousy, things like that. Like, you can hurt your partner in ways that they can forgive you, but they can't forget. That's just not something that happens, like, ever. So, bring it up. This makes me jealous. I feel jealous when... This happens, um, you know, like Kitty, the conversation that we had was so extensive and I really wish we had all of that, I, that I could share that with you guys. But, you know, she was telling me like when her partner has a new person is meeting a new person is finding that very fresh chemistry with someone. That's where she feels her jealousy because like, you know, you used to be sparkly and new. And that's exciting, and that's, I think, what's the most, like, shiny to people, and that's the most, like, bright and present that people see firsthand when they're feeling feelings of jealousy. But I think when you feel that way, it's important to remember where your love has progressed and the way that it stands and how valuable that is. Not just going through those lusty, excited Emotions that happen in the beginning, but the trust and the cohabitation and the patterns and the things that you learn about someone that makes you know them like deeper than the than anyone ever can in those first like shiny few moments. So it's important to remember where your relationship relationship stands with that person and how wonderful it is that you've shared that kind of time with each other And how valuable that is. And I know this is the hardest thing to ask of people, but seriously try to sit down with yourself and not compare apples to oranges because no one's relationship with someone else is the same as their relationship with another person. So the relationship that you're having with your person that you want to open this relationship with is so unique and special and it will never be like some other relationship and there's freedom in respecting that and I think that if you guys can handle those conversations and really put the effort in to establishing those emotional pillars in this like mind think place of your new relationship being open and and such like that will really help you understand, even if this is something that's going to work for you. And then you might find something really beautiful there for you that you wouldn't have found before until you were met with this challenge. So I say go forward and learn something about yourself, whether it's that you're not game for polyamory and maybe you get a little dose of self-acceptance self in the fact that that's okay or you learn something new about your capabilities of sharing love and understanding different capacities of love and different forms of relationships and the pain and the joy of of managing those all at the same time. And I've seen that happen firsthand with Kitty being one of my best friends. And I've seen that and there's some really beautiful stuff that can come out of that. I mean, that's how I met Kitty and her partner is... I was with them for just a really short amount of time in in a romantic way and in a physical way. And it was really cool. And I made lifelong, like, soul-spirit-bonded relationships out of that. So, you know, like, it's a gamble. And you know that. You all know that because you're very smart people. Um, You know, you just have to be calculated and know how much you're going to bet on it and know how to how to bet smart. You know what I mean? Come come to the table equipped with all the knowledge that you need to have and an understanding of the unknown and that you cannot control anything outside of yourself and the way that you interact with other people and and that's it, dude. I mean, that's it. I I really hope that that helps. Um I really hope that that helps you in this and and it helps other people and just opens up a dialogue about jealousy and relationships and love. And because it's something that we can never talk about enough because we'll never really have it completely down. There will never be a period on the sentence, you know, no, there's no how to guide. We can just continue to bounce ideas off of each other. And that's, that's what we're here for girl. So, um, go forth. Like you can do it. You can do this. You are a wonderful, smart person. And I'm saying you to anyone who needs to hear this right now. Like anything that you set your mind to, you can do it. You cannot, though, control the outcomes of what you're doing to a certain capacity. Just be down for the ride and be proud of yourself for doing something that makes you uncomfortable because that's really scary. That's what I'm doing right now. Hopefully that's something that we can inspire each other to do. Um, So I'm really grateful for that question. And I hope that Kitty and I can supply you with another perspective. And maybe this starts a conversation in your life or in other people's lives or, you know, on my Instagram in the comments, like fire off, like tell me things I miss. Tell me things I need to learn. Like we're just hanging out, you know, like. What else do you do on a Sunday than talk about the unknown? I mean, it's like we're at church right now, except way more fun and way more cute. Okay, here we are. Now we're moving on. We're on to the next question. Can you believe that that was all one fucking question? (laughs) Listen, some things you really got to spend some time on. Other things you can just... Blow over and jealousy is not one of those things you wanna fucking blow over, or else we'll be back at square one. So our next question starts like this, and I'm just gonna read it off to y'all. So I have this one relationship that I cherish, and it means the world to me, but it's been absolute hell on my self-esteem. I think I have to burp. Is it gonna at any point it's gonna happen? I'm just gonna keep going. Oh wait. Uh (sighs) That's a relief. (laughs) Okay. It's been hell on my self-esteem. We finally... Goodbye. I can't speak English or I'm too lit. We're finally both at a mature and older point that we both understand that we need space from one another to sort out our hurt. But it's beyond difficult to get that ball rolling. Is it worth salvaging the relationship? Should I take space and give this person a chance to redeem themselves? Or should I forge an entirely new path? So this question I actually also sent to Kitty because if there's one person that I know who knows how to, like, mend broken bones caused by significant others. Whether it's, like, self-inflicted or inflicted on the other person. Like, like whoever causes pain, she definitely is a master of, like, working through that shit because she's just been with her partner, partner long enough. To have gone through a bunch of things that the average person doesn't have to go through in their relationship. So that's a part of the interview that I absolutely don't have. I don't have any, like, any recovery of that conversation. But from what I can remember, we kind of framed it around like, okay, you have to... Am I going to burp again? Are you serious? It's these fucking wasabi peas. I literally can't stop fucking eating them. I swear to God. Someone needs to just give me an ASMR, like, sponsorship via wasabi peas because they're just, like, crack, and I burn the inside of my nose off, but I'm so addicted to it. It's a Self-harm is for another episode. <laughs> okay. So, when you're in a long-term relationship and you... You know, people are growing every day, so growing that much over the span of however long I think this person's been with their partner for like five years, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot to be in a relationship with someone for. It's a lot to share that with someone at the same time. Even if you don't want to share that with them, you, by being in that relationship, have chosen to share that experience with someone and that can get kind of ugly and you can... What's funny is I feel like what happens a lot is people resent their partners for being there when they're just as responsible for being in the relationship as the other person. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's, it's a really complicated thing to go about being in long-term relationships. Like, that's just kind of a no-brainer. I feel like whether you are in a long-term relationship or you're not, you are aware that it requires a lot, just a lot like period. Um So when you get to that point where you're like, dude, it's been four and a half, five years and there's so much that's gone on between the two of us. That's been bad as much as there's been good. Maybe sometimes, unfortunately even more bad than there is good. And like, dude, Don't spend too much time punishing yourself for that because, like, that's what happens where people and the person that sent this to me, I know for a fact, has been with their partner since they were really young up until now. And, you know, I don't want to disclose their age because I just don't feel like that's important, but they've gone from a place of emotional immaturity to a place of emotional maturity. And, that process, no matter how old you are or when in your life you are doing that, is really ugly and it usually requires hitting rock bottom. (laughs) Like, honestly. Like, scrapping everything that you've previously known and then, like, relearning how to walk, talk, eat shit, like, take care of your fucking self. You know what I mean? And I know that this person's done that with their partner and, and when I was talking to Kitty about it, I explained to her that, like, that was the setting and the environment. So it's high stakes. Like there's a lot to lose when you're with someone that long and you love them that much and they've been with you through your rock bottom. Like I feel like there is almost this sense of obligation that kind of appears out of the mist of like someone loving you throughout that. That is important it's it's okay to look at that and respect it. But it's also okay to understand that no matter what that person has chosen to be there with you, they are not obligated to have been there with you through your ugly shit. So you're not obligated to be with them once you're out of it. But there is, there is a, di- a discussion in a conversation that needs to go into, if you're going to break from this person or break up with this person, to really shake hands And be really, really, really grateful for them. And to be so loving and respectful of the relationship, whether you choose to be friends afterwards or to never talk again. Like, both options are okay. Some people need one thing and some people need the other. Like, But to... Love that person that's been there for you through your ugliest shit, even if they've caused you like unbelievable amounts of pain is going to be better for yourself in the long run, for your growth and your process. Like being resentful and angry is worse for you than it is for the other person. Always like always, but specifically on the topic of like taking a break, like I, you know, like I said before about being in a polyamorous relationship, that's something that I've never done. And I've also never been in a long-term relationship for more than a year. Um, Being with Jack, Jack is the longest relationship I've ever had. Uh, And we have never taken a break or anything like that. Not to say that, you know, whatever. Like, that's just my, my experience and it's not comparable to anyone else's, but... Anyway, this is why I ask Kitty fucking questions, because I just don't want to sound like a dumbass. So I do my research. And from what she told me about the way that her and her partner had breaks is like, there needs to be a moment of, of establishing boundaries. And like the boundaries of your break. So if you're going on a break with someone, figure out what you both need. Do you need to block each other on Instagram, like not stalk each other's social media and get yourself in a type of way, you know, at like one in the morning when you're laying in bed and you're probably kind of lit and you're looking at their Instagram and they're posting stories about how they're having so much fun and you suddenly become short sighted and like selfish as we all do in those deep hours when we're kind of lit and like creating dialogues in her head like oh that person's having so much more fun without me or whatever la-di-da when that's only one percent of maybe what's going on with them like Instagram only gives you so much depth. Like, it's so fucking superficial that whatever's going on there needs to be taken with a grain of salt. But when you're in the deep cuts, dude, like, and you want to be in your feels and you want to look at something to make you angry, you're going to look at your partner's Instagram that you're on a break with and you're going to create some mythical fucking dialogue about how they don't give a shit about you that's totally not true. La-di-da. So... This is why boundaries are important. Are you going to not look at each other's social media? Are you not going to talk to each other except for once a week? You know, Kitty was telling me like, you know, for her, because she's been with her partner for so long and they're so intertwined, like financially and responsibility wise, like there's no way that it would be a smart decision for them to block each other. Like as far as phone numbers, because if an emergency strikes, they are each other's person. They are the emergency contact. So, it doesn't need to go that far, but I feel like if you're going to take a break in this, you know, age, you need to be responsible about social media. You need to be responsible about the ways that you see each other when you're not seeing each other. So if you're going to take a break, you really need to to do it together. <laughs> Ironically enough, it needs to be something that you do as a team. Um... So establish those boundaries, like, girl, talk to your person, sit down with them, understand why you're taking a break. That's also really important. The intentions of taking a break are really important. And then the same thing goes for polyamorous relationships. You have to let go of the things that you don't know and you can't control. So, like, for instance, you go on this break, you don't look at social media, you go on a break and, girl... What I learned from Kitty is like one week break is not going to do shit. Seriously. I know every every relationship is its own, you know, galaxy of experiences and needs and requirements. And if a week works for you, then like, hallelujah, you're a unicorn. But for her, she noticed for her to, to not constantly be thinking about the break and thinking about the other person to get something out of the break other than just feeling sad, it needed to be longer than a week. So I think her and her partner took like months off, you know, however many months, that's really up to you because that's a lot, you know, and that that's on a need basis. But when you do that, I feel like you start to... F- Get feeling back in a limb that kind of goes numb when you're in a relationship. Not to say that that's a bad thing, but your blood starts flowing in, in places that it maybe hasn't flowed in a while. And so you can really start moving your muscles again. And that's when that thing happens where you can really identify whether this relationship that you're in can be sustainable even after you are back in touch with the things that you need or not. If suddenly it's been a month and you're feeling what things that you haven't felt in a while and it feels really good and you feel like you can really identify the fact that the relationship that you were in was causing you to behave in a way. And let's be real. You are the responsible party in your relationship, whether you're A or B or vice versa. Like whoever you are in the relationship is responsible for your half, your entire half of the relationship. So if you come down to it and you realize that your relationship is stopping something from happening, it's probably because of decisions that you've made that have created a certain environment in your relationship. And if you come to that point, you're like, dude, I can't be in this fucking relationship anymore. Then I feel like that's something that first of all, you need to talk about when setting up The boundaries and establishing that there's going to be a break going on because everybody needs to be aware that once the break is over, the relationship might be done. Like it might be over and that's okay. And it's going to be painful and it's going to be joyous and new and exciting and, and growth, you know, growing pains. Literally when your bones grow, it hurts. So why would anyone think that when you're emotionally growing, it won't hurt? I don't know. I don't know why fucking people are misled like that. But anyway, so establish that thing of like, if we both end up growing in other directions during this break, it might be the end of our relationship. And like Kitty was telling me that like lame ass saying, but it's actually so true. Like if you love something, let it go. So if you end up going on this break, experiencing a little bit of oxygenation to your emotional blood, like things are flowing, you're feeling kind of different. And at the end of that, you still feel like, you know what, now I have a better insight on the things that I can do to help this relationship. And maybe the other person does too. And we can get back together. Amazing. That's, that's what's supposed to happen either, or you either are taking this emotionally responsible time to recognize that you can't be in the relationship anymore or that you can and you come back stronger either way. So you should both be proud of yourself whether you are together again or you break up. Like be proud of your strength and respect each other enough to, you know, shake hands at the end of things. Uh there's also the possibility that one of you might come back being like, "I've learned a lot about myself and I feel like I'm better capable of being in this relationship" and the other person might be like, "Oh, dude, I'm feeling quite the opposite. Like, I'm feeling like I grew in a way that's showing me that I can't. These are all things that you need to be really aware of. Calling a break, you know, is like not something you need to do in a flip of a coin. It's not something that you need to say when you're angry. You know, it's it's a very big loaded thing It's a big, heavy card to play. And if you're going to play it, you need to be aware of the consequences. So, my advice, coupled with my research that I did via interviewing Kitty, is like, understand the gravity of what it means to take a break. And, uh, you know, again, walk up to the unknown and shake his hand and be like, dude, I don't know what's going to come out of this, but what's most important is that we both grow. And whether that ends up putting us back together or not is something we can't predict. But what we need to do is pay attention to ourselves and our paths and, like, our capabilities as people right now and the things that we need to pursue. And if they end up aligning again, then, like, God bless. And if they don't, then also God bless. Like, it's a way more emotionally intelligent decision to make than it is to just continue to be in a relationship that seems like it's causing more harm than it is joy and growth and strength and happiness like you know what I mean like so I feel like at the end of both of these questions the conclusion kind of is like be present for yourself there is never a bad time to know what you need and to take the time to figure out what you need and there is also a big call from the universe to try new things and be scared and not know what you're doing and figure it out on the way and give yourself the fucking patience and be nice to yourself when you fuck up because you will whether you're jealous or you're hurt by a relationship and you need to call a break or try new things in your relationship, like understand that these require strength and that you have those strengths and that the only person telling you that you don't is yourself and the only person keeping you from trying new things is yourself and the only person inhibiting you from understanding new things Is yourself. And you know. It could be influenced by the dialogue around you. And the social standards set around you. But you are still. In control enough. To acknowledge that these things. Are influencing you. And to opt out. And doing that is never easy. And it never feels good off the bat. But dude. The feeling. Of bliss that you feel. When you know that you've pushed yourself. Hard. And you've hurt and cried probably more than you felt good. Like, because life is just like that. Like, it's a cruel fucking bitch. But then she opens a window and the air rushes in and you can smell everything, the flowers. You can feel the sun on you. And it's like, you know, it's like that corny fucking thing where when you're when you experience pain and hurt and darkness and and frustration When you experience the other side, the opposite, the happiness, the joy, it's 10 times better than it could have ever been. And like, personally, that's how I like to be in my world. And that's how I like to view the things that have been put in front of me and the challenges and the barriers and the emotional pain is like, okay, so yeah, I have to fucking push through this and I have to learn new skills and I have to stumble and fall and feel like shit and fuck up. For a while or maybe a short amount of time. Like, I don't know. But when I get over this, even if it's for just a brief moment, I'm going to feel the rush of something that I could have never felt before if I stayed comfortable. Like, conquering something new. Nothing feels like that. Nothing will ever feel that good. Nothing. And anything there, I mean, there are things that present as pleasure, you know, and we opt into those things, but the feeling of personal, emotional accomplishments will never be topped. So, you know, embark on, you know, your path and like stumble and fall and be scratched up and whatever. And then, you know, take care of yourself and and feel good about pushing yourself to do different things. I feel like that's really the gist of this episode is that like love is a constant challenge that will always make you better if you're receptive to it. If you're receptive to The way that it can shape you and the way that it will help you put your ego aside. It will help reorganize the trauma in your life and the pain that you've experienced and the, and the obligations that society, quote unquote, pushes on you. It will help you love, whether it's internal, whether it's your self-love. Or it's your self-love coupled by the love that you have with someone else or multiple people, you know, or like I said, no one at all. It will make you better if you let it. And if you're not afraid of the things that you don't know. So what else do I say? I feel like that's a good place to be in our... Brand new relationship with each other, you and I. So let me just end here saying that I'm really excited for our new relationship. I am in that super glowy, lusty, exciting new phase with you guys. And I hope that you are feeling the same way with me. And whether it's you and me or you and me and everyone else, I'm here to be your girl every Sunday pay full attention to you and hopefully you are to me too. And if we keep doing that girl, then we're just going to have the healthiest relationship of all time. Um, so love you long time. Can't wait for this relationship to grow. And I can't wait to see what we both learn from each other in the unknown. So with that being said, I'll see you next Sunday.